Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast. Today I have a menopause expert on the show. Her name is Marianne Stewart. And she is the author of Manager Menopause Naturally and 27 other books. She is a world-renowned healthcare expert, and she has helped tens of thousands of women around the world overcome PMS and menopause symptoms without using drugs or hormones. In 2018, she was awarded the British Empire Medal and was recognized as one of the 50 most inspirational women by the Daily Mail. So welcome, Marianne, to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you. I'm so excited. So I had told you before we went live, but I put out this question to my community about ladies. What questions do you have about menopause, perimenopause? And I got so many questions. So I am so excited to dive in to this conversation. And before we get into the bulk of it, I would love for you to share with us what inspired you to start helping women through menopause. Well, it started originally with PMS and I, I found 200 medical papers. I was working with four doctors and 200 medical papers on the non-drug approach to PMS. And we started a PMS program based on those and found that 94% of the women were symptom free within the space of four months, which was amazing. So women were going from suicidal, depressed, everything that you can imagine, feeling terrible, having really bad periods to no symptoms whatsoever. And then, then in the early 90s, they started to publish articles in the British Medical Journal and the Lancet and so on, all sorts of American journals on the non-drug approach to menopause. And so I pricked up my ears and decided that we could include that. And we tweaked the program and turned it into menopause program. So that was how it all began. And my team and I have literally helped tens of thousands of women all around the world manage their menopause naturally without using any drugs or hormones. And the thing that really, really bothers me is that even now, we did a survey last year on 1,100 women, 96% of them said they felt taken by surprise by menopause. So no one is teaching us. As babies, we're born with millions of eggs, but we have no roadmap. And then two thirds of the women in the survey said that they felt robbed of life as they knew it. And that just makes me want to cry because if they had the right information, they could put it to good use and they could help themselves have what I call a midlife refuel so that they can tank up again, a bit like a racing car on Formula One goes into the pit, gets tweaked and then comes out onto the track fast and you know, turbocharged. So that's effectively what we can do. And it's so important that we are able to do that because we're not just living till 50 anymore. We're living so, so much longer. And so 40 something is very often halfway for many women. 
and we're not built to go the distance. So if we've got no estrogen or estrogen, as you call it here, then you're going to be more predisposed to things like the bone thinning disease, osteoporosis, heart disease, dementia, and all of that stuff that you can prevent. But again, unfortunately, the Mayo Clinic survey on doctors and gynecologists in the US showed that only 7% of them feel adequately educated to help women going through menopause, which again is, it's just ridiculous. And so you've got half the population going through a life stage, which is being treated like a medical condition, and it isn't. It's just a phase in your life when you need to learn how to meet your needs so that you can go sailing into the next chapter uh, armed with the knowledge about how to keep yourself symptom-free and well in the long term. So that's, I come from this from a very passionate perspective because we see the most incredible transformations. I mean, if you go to my website, there's a, a film on there we made with eight of the women who went through my program. And those women, it, it says far more than I can say in my words. They went from, some of them were suicidal, one of them at least thought she had dementia. She was a professor who um, I met her at a menopause conference because she was the co-author of the menopause in the workplace report in the UK. She thought she had Alzheimer's. She couldn't remember anything mid-sentence. She'd forget her colleagues' names. And she had depression and fatigue and constipation and spots on her face. And, you know, she was in a terrible mess and thinking of leaving the workplace. So I invited her to come on our course. And within the space of a few months, she was completely symptom free. And instead of leaving work, which is a terrible loss of amazing talent, she was made head of department at her university. So some of the other women, there were, there's a midwife in there who um, she was signed off work because they said she had a mental breakdown and she couldn't function. She was literally paralyzed with anxiety. I got her around, I, in fact, I helped her years ago with her PMS. So we got her sorted out. She's back at work now. She leads a team of younger midwives. She's having a fantastic time. She's now got two little grandchildren and she's having a wonderful life instead of being curled up in a ball. And so I feel that every single woman on the planet needs to have proper science-based knowledge about how to manage this phase in their life, whether it's perimenopause, those eight years leading up to menopause, menopause itself, which is just one day, it's just the anniversary of your last period, which most people don't appreciate. And then post-menopause for the rest of your life, you've got to look after yourself to keep yourself in good shape. Wow. And I can see how passionate you are. And it's interesting because even as I was putting the question out there to my community, it's like, what questions do you have? It was so clear that all of us are kind of in the dark about this. So I love that you are bringing light to this and empowerment too. like your stories that you share. It's like these women were so down and depressed and they thought something was wrong with them. And it's just like, no, you can totally, you can, you can heal this. You can shift it. You can have a wonderful second part of your life. And I love your approach to that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I think I, I, it has to be that way. And I think that's why I'm so glad I managed to get the American contract for this book, because it gives me the platform to enlighten people and give them hope upon anything else, you know, above everything else, because I just see the most horrendous casualties. I had uh, one woman on my program, and it's not just one woman, I've heard of several women in this situation. She was on holiday in Australia for four weeks. And during that time, she was taken by ambulance to the emergency room in the hospital five times because they thought she was having a heart attack. And it turned out to be panic attacks and palpitations related to menopause. And when she came on our program, she never had, 
She didn't even feel anxious anymore, let alone having panic attacks and palpitations. Imagine the difference that that makes to someone's life. You know, you just can't, you can hardly even comprehend it. Not to mention the difference it makes to your relationships. And we know I can talk about those because you did a big survey on relationships and what goes on below the waist or what doesn't, I should say. And um, also what happens in the workplace, because we're the fastest growing sector in the workplace. And very often women are thinking of leaving the workplace and some of them do. And then they bitterly regret it when they learn how to meet their needs again, because they feel well enough. And it's quite hard to get back into a senior position when you've left. Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, it, it's, it's a huge impact on women's lives and it's, it's so awesome that you, that, that your stance is you don't have to live like this, right? Like this doesn't have to be your truth. You don't have to accept this. And so I have, I have some questions from our audience for you. One of them is, can you explain the difference between, between perimenopause and menopause and what is the typical age range for perimenopause and menopause? Yeah, sure. So perimenopause, which many women haven't even heard that term, is peri just means around the time of. So it's the eight years leading up to menopause. And menopause, the average age is 51. So on average, women are going into perimenopause in their early to mid 40s. And at that point, they're likely to get changes going on in their body. If they've got PMS, they may have it for more days a month. They may start having thermal surges, especially in the two weeks before their period. They may feel it's a bit more difficult to get turned on, have an orgasm. They may feel achy and tired, a bit more moody. Sometimes women burst into tears for no apparent reason. And you can, and, and sometimes your periods change as well. They can either get more frequent, less frequent, lighter, heavier. It's just different for each individual person. And it also depends a little on what age your mum went through her menopause, because if she started early, then the chances are you'll go through it early as well. So they're, you know, they're, they're, those are a few key points to flag about the different stages of this transition. And then post-menopause lasts for the rest of your life. And hopefully that's going to be a good long time and you need to know how to meet your needs and keep yourself in really good shape. Yes. So one of the symptoms that a lot of people talk about is hot flashes and I'm 40 years old. I haven't experienced that yet, but I, I have some, some friends and colleagues that are 40 that are already experiencing hot flashes. And so can you talk about, and, and women who, you know, of all ages who are experiencing it right now. So can you talk about how we can manage hot flashes Yes, I think, first of all, you need to understand what are hot flushes? Why do you suddenly get them? And the reason is that you have in your menstruating years, when you're still having your periods, you have circulating estrogen in your body. Your ovaries are working. You've got a whole system going on there, which we all know about how you have an egg drops with ovulation time, and then it hopes to get conceived. And when it doesn't, you have a period and so on. So when the ovaries wind down and they're no longer producing estrogen, you have within each cell an estrogen receptor site, and that receptor site becomes empty. And the brain doesn't get that because if you think about it, 100 years or so ago, weren't living much past 50. So it didn't really matter. But now when you get to 40 something or 50 something and you've got empty estrogen receptor sites, the brain can't cope. And so it's trying to kickstart your ovaries back into function. So it sends these thermal surges, which sometimes feel a bit like 
an electric shock or a jolt or an aura just makes you feel a bit weird and then and then the thermal surge comes upon you and what we find is that when we fill those receptor sites with mother nature's estrogen so foods that are rich in naturally occurring estrogen and we also influence the hormone producing glands in the body through food and supplements that have been through clinical trials then we can fool the brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estradiol even though when you look under the microscope estradiol which is the estrogen you have before menopause and isoflavone which is mother nature's estrogen it's a bit like spot the difference you know you can hardly see there is a difference but you can hardly see it so you can understand when you look at that how it's possible to fool the brain into thinking that you've got normal circulating estrogen now the receptor sites don't stay full for very long the research shows that you need to top them up every four to six hours with naturally occurring estrogen and then the brain thinks that normal service resumes and the good thing about that is that the factory lights that have been making the, the factory lights stay on so that all the cells that have been being produced to protect you against heart disease, dementia, making new bone cells, keeping your vagina nice and moist, your skin nice and youthful, your hair and your nails in good shape, the factory lights stay on. Whereas when you've got empty estrogen receptors, it's over. And that's why everything dries up and uh, becomes difficult. And so the research even shows not just that you can influence what's going on in the vagina, it can get more lubrication and more elasticity, but also it reduces the depths of wrinkles on your face significantly, even in the space of the first three months. So there's lots of, and, and we see even in weeks, I see women on our program who are smiling again. You can see their eyes, eyes are shining, their hair starts to shine and grow again, their nails aren't splitting. And they just feel, they can just, it's like someone's breathing air back into them again after feeling a bit like a bucket with a hole in it. You know, just, just feeling so tired, so listless and so much a shadow of your former self. Wow. Yeah. So what are ways that women can fill the receptor sites? <laughs> okay, I'm like, so I don't even have the actual language. Forget to come back. So, so what we do on the program, so this, I, let me just explain that this program is not a magic pill. It's, I describe it like a pie. It's got little segments and there are five key things that you need to be doing to overcome all your symptoms, not just the hot flushes and the night sweats. Obviously, for hot flushes and night sweats, you've got to fill the receptor sites regularly. So you need to have some foods that are rich in naturally occurring estrogen for breakfast, something for lunch. And I can talk a bit more about what that looks like, maybe a snack in the afternoon. And then we usually use supplements in the evening. And I, I've covered, obviously cover this in great detail in the book, but I can, I can give you examples of the menu. But in addition to doing that, you've got to get your nutrients back into an optimum range because the research shows, we did five separate studies that showed that women very often have low levels of important nutrients. So things like magnesium, calcium, B vitamins, iron, zinc, essential fatty acids, vitamin D and so on, all in short supply. And those are necessary for normal hormone function and normal brain chemistry. So you don't stand a chance of feeling well if you've got low levels of those. So we teach women how to get those into an optimum range again, fill the receptor sites little and often, 
take some science-based supplements that have been through properly conducted clinical trials because so many supplements out there do not even contain what they say on the label. And I can talk more about that, but it's another insane thing that women have to deal with. So we only recommend the things that have been through properly conducted trials that have been shown to be safe and effective. Then the next part of it is formal relaxation. So that's either like the relaxation at the end of a meditation, at the end of a yoga session rather, or meditation or guided meditation if you can't switch off. And that helps to reduce the flushes by 50 to 60% just by doing a 20 to 30 minute session every day and exercise as well, which is really important because it keeps our metabolic rate in a normal range. It helps to release those lovely endorphins that make us feel good and to oxygenate our brain as well to keep us clear thinking. So those are all of the things that we're focusing on. Now there's more research on other aspects. In fact, every single month when I was writing the book, there were stacks of new papers on different aspects of complementary medicine. So it's, it is wonderful because, because there are so many tools. So I can definitely talk about um, a menu if you want to. And, and in the book, I have got meal plans, menus. I've got fast options for people who hate cooking, you know, don't want to hang around the kitchen. They can just find things out, out there in the stores that, or even online that they can get delivered at home that will make really good, nutritious, wholesome meals full of phytoestrogens and um, that will do, do you know, so it doesn't have to be very complicated. And I think it is because we're all so different, we've got different tastes and time, sometimes some of us are time poor and we need fast options. Yeah. And I want, you just shared so much. So I want to highlight one piece that what you said, which is really powerful. Did I hear you right? You said that 20 minutes of relaxation. So activating that parasympathetic nervous system will help decrease hot flashes by 50 to 60%. Yes. Yes. You did hear me that it's not, but that's not knitting or watching TV or reading a book. It's actually doing, you know, formal, close your eyes, lay down, do something really to switch off and how it also helps to lower cortisol. And in this time when cortisol is elevated in so many women because of COVID and all the stresses and strains that that's placed on us, it helps to lower cortisol levels as well and rewire your brain. So lots of good stuff. And I hear every single time I say that, I hear women say, oh, but I don't have time. And I say, yes, you do, because you'll get the time back. If you invest half an hour in yourself a day doing that, you'll get turbocharged and you will get at least two good hours back for that to put to good use or have some fun in the evening instead of falling asleep on the sofa or, you know, whatever it happens to be that um, you, how you want to use your quality time. So making time for yourself and, and this, if you're anything like me, I had four children and I've written all these books. I run an advisory service, you know, I didn't really have time to focus on myself. So I, I learned over the years I needed to take an hour in the morning to do my exercise and I needed to take some time in the afternoon, no matter what, to do my relaxation and or meditation or whatever it is. And if I couldn't fit it in in the day, then I have to wake up early in the morning and do the meditation before I get out of bed. It's not negotiable because it keeps me functioning. And if we don't make time for ourselves, because we're usually bottom of our own priority list, we do everything as women for everybody else, don't we? We look after our children and our partner and our home and our job and everything, and probably even the neighbor before we look after ourselves. So we have to really take think to ourselves, okay, this is a really important transition. 
uh, if I'm going, uh, and you're at a crossroads, so you're either going to ignore it and wing it and think you're going to be okay, and I can assure you, you won't be. So you're, the only way you're going is downhill, or you can learn to meet your needs and embrace this transition and take it as an opportunity to have this midlife refuel so that you can feel probably better than you can remember because we go downhill so slowly, especially after we've had babies and we breastfeed and mother nature makes sure that we give out the good nutrients and we don't ever learn how to take them back in. And so that's why we end up feeling depleted, feeling drained and just unable to some women say they can't even experience joy. They feel like they flatline. They're in a situation that they know in their heart should be joyous, but they can't stretch to feeling that joy because they just are not feeling well enough. Wow. I know so many women are listening to this and relating. And we talk all the time here at the confident feminine body about self-sacrifice and prioritizing everyone else's needs above our own and really the cost of that. And of course it's going to impact menopause, right? Because that's our physical body, our, our, how we take care of ourselves. Right. And so I, I love how you, I love how you spin it as this is an opportunity because I think the, the other way is to resist it, ignore it, try to pretend it's not happening, get really angry about it happening but not being proactive about, okay, what can I do? And I, and I'm so glad that you have this book that you, that you are a resource for, for women, because I think in this space, probably there's also so many different opinions. And so I think I love that you're such an advocate for women to take back their power in this way and to see it as an opportunity to see it as a way for them to, you know, up level their lives and really like step into this next chapter with excitement and not dread. Absolutely. And what I tended to specialize in doing over the years, quite by accident, but I did it right from the early days was to bring together all the world literature. And that is important because it takes the guesswork out of it because there's so much information when you go onto Google. And if you've been up all night and you're not thinking straight, it's really hard for a lay person to determine what's good and what isn't. And I can tell you that, I mean, even if you just take a packet of pills, we were asked once to endorse this product and I was asking for the medical papers and it was supposed to contain 39 milligrams of isoflavones, that, which are Mother Nature's estrogen. And I was at a conference in the US and um, talking to some researchers during a coffee break saying, I don't know, there's so many new products come on the market. I don't know what to recommend. It's hard to know what's in them. And they just looked at each other and laughed and said, we've just done an independent analysis on 40 products would you like to share the results before they're published? And I said, absolutely. So promised that I wouldn't tell anyone. And when I looked at this list, I was absolutely astounded that this pill that supposedly contained 39 milligrams of isoflavones actually only contained one milligram in this independent analysis. And out of the 40 supplements that they looked at, only two of them contained what they said on the label, which I think is, it's just shocking. And women obviously invest money because they genuinely believe that what they're buying is going to help them. But that's not necessarily the case, which is why in chapter four in the book, I have dedicated most of that to supplements. And I talk about supplements that you can choose according to your symptom set. 
and the ones that have been science-based, I mention them by name and the clinical trials and everything to do with the research is in the back of the book. So there's all the medical papers, a reference there. And I've tried to thread some of the research through the chapters in a very light way so people can feel confident that it's science-based because every recommendation we make is based on published medical research. And I think that's really important because if you think about it, you're influencing your hormones and just as there's chat about HRT and the safety of it, we need to be sure that what we're putting into our body, even if it's natural or herbal or whatever it happens to be, isn't going to have an adverse effect. Absolutely. I love that, that you've done so much research and you really stand behind. Of course, you stand behind what you've put out there and you believe in it and you know it's it's based in science. So that's awesome. I want to talk about sex because that was something that came up a lot And can you share with us like how menopause impacts our libido, our vaginal health, our tissues, like our pleasure, all of that? And and how is it impacted and what can we do about it? Yeah, massive impact. And in fact, as I mentioned before, we did a relationship survey on about 800 women a few years ago. And I even I was astounded that 70% of them said that they felt switched off from the waist downwards. And I think it was 55% said they couldn't have an orgasm. And that was quite, uh, they were moderate to severe, not the the mild ones. I think if you added it all up, it came to about 80 something percent, which was completely shocking. And depending on the survey, between 50 to 70% of women report vaginal dryness. And so obviously that does wreck your pleasure because if you've got dry, sore tissues, which sometimes can bleed. I had one patient, she described her vagina as a burning fireball. You know, she couldn't even sit down comfortably, let alone have penetration. And yet three months after doing the program, her tissues, and she'd taken HRT for 10 years as well, I have to say, but she came off the HRT and uh, three months after going on my program, she was back to having comfortable sex. So it is possible that you can reach those parts. And that's another thing that we find that from that survey, so many women were saying that they're afraid that their relationship will fall apart because they don't communicate to their partner. They're too scared because no one is telling them this isn't the end of their sex life. And they are like a rabbit in the headlight, not even talking to their best friend about it, as you can imagine, because it's such an embarrassing subject. I can and so see that. I can so see that. It's so sh- There's so much shame around it. We had, when we did the relationship survey, I did, because I've now got this six week course that runs virtually. And we did a dedicated one for libido and vaginal dryness. And um, we had a, I wrote an article for the Daily Mail. I was living in the UK at the time. And um, I also went on a radio show, which is quite a popular radio show. And we were absolutely inundated with women. He, and we had to run several courses, but the The thing that struck me the most was that when we started the course in week one, several of the women actually cried because they'd never said the word vaginal dryness out loud before. Do you know? And nobody, it's just such a secret taboo thing. And the amount of relief they had knowing that there was a solution and that they could not just heal their tissues, but they could get their libido back again and go back to having really exciting sex because when you're in your 40s and 50s and even 60s, you know, and maybe even older, you can have great sex as long as you feel comfortable. And as long as you've got the chemistry there 
to back it up. But when you go into economy mode, when you've got low levels of nutrients, never mind empty estrogen receptor sites, you feel tired and you feel out of sorts and you don't feel sexy. And especially if you just look in the mirror and see, it, or sometimes you even feel, women say they feel like they've been possessed by an alien, do you know, and it's not good. Do you know, that's not a sexy feeling. So we need to get our mojo back again. Yeah. And I just, I so appreciate you sharing this right now because yeah, like we need to be honest about this, about how we're feeling and not feel ashamed and know that it's a normal symptom of this and that there's nothing wrong with you. This is just a natural progression. And so how I, I, I understand that in your book and in your program, you go into so much depth about how to restore moisture or, or I don't know how you describe it. Um, but how, if someone's just listening to this, is it going back to what you said about the relaxation and the nutrients and the exercise, like how does it kind of all piece together in relation to our sex drive and. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. So what we tend to find on the program and the book is based on the program. So what we tend to find is in, it takes about 12 weeks to get your nutrients back into an optimum range. But if you've been running on empty, you start feeling better, even in the space of the first three or four weeks. And by six weeks, you feel the flushes are controlling your memories coming back your aches and pains have disappeared, you haven't got panic attacks and palpitations anymore, and you start to feel much more like your old self. Libido takes a little longer, and the vaginal dryness. It started out as my five-month program, and so it is over a period of months, but usually by about three months, women are feeling moisture again and more comfortable, and by four or five months, they're definitely back in the driving seat and their libido is back again as well. So it's just, um, it isn't magic, obviously. You need to work at it and you need to keep doing it because the worst thing to do is get to a certain point where you feel wonderful and then think, I don't need to do this anymore. And that's kind of part of the human condition. So we try and keep people motivated. Uh, which is why I actually set up my midlife refuel club earlier this year, because I thought, well, there's going to be all these people out there reading the book and they're going to make changes. Maybe they'll have questions and maybe they need some extra motivation. So we've got lots of free information in the midlife refuel club. And also I do a live session every week, sometimes with a guest expert, but other times just to answer people's questions so that they can come together in a community on Zoom and just meet each other women, other, you know, other women who are going through a similar journey and just feel it's okay to talk about anything, whether it's constipation or dry vaginas or, you know, brain fog and feeling scared, whatever it is, you know, we can just talk about it and talk about the solutions because there are solutions to all of those things. And you can really get back to feeling better than you can remember the best version of yourself. And I think the first step is to free your voice, right? To free your voice and not stuff down the symptoms or, or what you're experiencing. And like with your partner, for example, having a conversation and saying, this is what I'm experiencing. I still love you. I still want to have sex with you, but this is, you know, and, and I feel like it's, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about why it's so hard for us as women to take care of ourselves and always prioritizing other people's needs above our own. And it's almost like I'm, I'm getting this message right now that menopause 
is, is really pushing us to free our voice and not be afraid of, of saying all of these things that we're experiencing. And, and I think it's hard because in our society and culture, it's like, that's not, that's not what we see, right? We see women who are just like, I'm, I love sex no matter what. And I, you know, it's like, it's all of this. Um, I feel like it's not, it's not something that we celebrate, right? It's not like, yay, I have vaginal dryness. I'm getting older. What a freaking <laughs> Right? Like, no, but I think you've got to take it even back before freeing your voice is freeing your mind, Do you know, because I think a lot of people are paralyzed with fear about what the future holds for them because it's so unknown and no one is telling us. So the first thing, that's the first thing. The second thing is when you're open to the possibility that there's a solution and you understand that, then it's much easier to have a conversation with your partner because you're not going to your partner and saying, hey, I've got vaginal dryness. And as much as I'd like to have sex with you, it's not very likely because I'm feeling so uncomfortable. And by the way, when you touch me, I'm just going to melt because I'm going to feel so hot that I'm going to turn away from you because the partner is going to look at you as if you have gone completely crazy because they don't know, you know, a man in his 50s doesn't want to think that this is the end of my sex life. So if you can go through the journey together, my experience, which is why I love the books, because in the early days when I wrote my first book on PMS, women used to come in sometimes to see me in my clinic with their partner, you know, and they would journey through together. And he would support her and give her a back rub and do things for her because it was in his interest, because she'd be nicer to him. So I think that, you know, it's the same thing for menopause. If you can open the conversation, and we know we did a survey on men as well. Not so many men came to the party, I have to say, but we had about 400 and something men answered the survey. And they said that they feel, they feel frightened. They feel that they are uh, rejected and they're not too sure how to have a conversation or they're, they're scared to open their mouths as well for fear of maybe getting their head bitten off or opening up a can of worms. So I think, but in our experience, men, in fact, we even started a, a group on Facebook called Manopause. So we had all these men coming to pour their hearts out saying, I, you know, I want to support my wife, what can I do? So we have actually made, I've made some little films and we've got a download to give partners an idea about how they can support their wife going through menopause or their partner. I love what that. lovely things can they do to make our lives more pleasant? I love menopause. Like that's great. I love that. <laughs> so I know that we don't have a lot of time left and I have some more questions. So let's do these as kind of like quick fire questions. Okay. So I want to make sure all of the women that ask questions get to hear you speak to it. So we can kind of go through these a little bit quicker. So one person said, I have a sneaking suspicion that my perimenopause is worsened or maybe even caused by my IUD. Can you talk about birth control and menopause? Well, you need to carry on using birth control until if you go into menopause at the average age of 51, or if you go into menopause before 50, you need to use birth control for two years when your last period, menopause is the anniversary of your last period. So you haven't had a period for a whole year then you need to use contraception for two years if it's before 50. And if it's after 51, then it's for one year. I don't, I think IUDs, um, especially if they've got progesterone in them, if they've got hormones in them, aren't a great idea. And so it would be better if you could find a different way, but it's obviously up to each individual person how they manage. Thank you. Okay, another question. 
Is it true that the younger you are, that your period starts, the older you will be when menopause hits? No, I don't think there's any research to show that. The only research I've seen is the age at which your mom goes through menopause. But I've heard of women who didn't start their period till 16 who had an early menopause, so it doesn't follow. Erratic periods, darker, heavier periods, are these signs of menopause? A change in your period is a sign of perimenopause. So yes, if you can see a change in either the flow or the frequency or um, any, just any of the pain or whatever it is, if there's a change that signals that you either have got severe nutritional deficiencies. So it could be you've had several babies, you've breastfed, maybe you haven't been um, very good at nourishing yourself and then you can get all sorts of hormonal issues. But for the most part, it indicates if you're in that age bracket between your early 40s and early 50s, then the chances are it is a sign that you're going through perimenopause. Is it normal to stop having periods with hot flashes and all for about six months and then start having them again pretty regularly? Yes. And again, it depends what age you're at. Uh, but yes, sometimes people get to 11 months and have another period and they have to start counting all over again. So yes, it is. And it also depends what else is going on in the world. So uh, for example, myself, I started my menopause when I was going, I was actually going through a divorce, which was very stressful. And so I started at 47, it was actually really early. And I didn't really understand what was going on but since come to realize that stress can actually bring on an early menopause so bereavement any it just just depends what's going on in your life and yes you can definitely when you're going through perimenopause there's no set pattern it can you can have you can miss a few you can miss half a dozen and then you can get back to menstruating regularly again wow I can see just from your answers and these questions, like how frustrating this is for women, because it's like, I just want this. I want to, you know, it's like, it's always changing. It's evolving. It, no two look the same. It's just, so thank goodness we have people like you who can tell us, okay, that is normal because I can see how women would be like, oh my gosh, something is really wrong with me. Having said that, though, that um, I've worked a lot with women of all ages, as you can imagine, and I've had a lot of women who go into an early menopause. And when we get them back into really good shape and we balance their hormones, their periods come back regularly and they don't have any PMS or any period symptoms. So sometimes that can happen. If you've got irregular periods and you've got heavy bleeding, again, that is very often a sign that all is not well in your body. And you need to have the refuel so that you can get yourself back onto an even keel. So even if you are going back to having periods, they're not bothersome. In fact, on my PMS program, the biggest complaint I ever had was that women didn't know when their periods were coming. And I could deal with that because they certainly knew when they were in the beginning. I love that. So in terms of, I have a general question about as women age, is it true that our metabolism slows down? And because some of the women shared that through their menopause, they did notice that they're, you know, they gained weight and that they've, they've taken the steps like exercise and trying to be mindful of nutrition. And it's harder for them to, 
to lose that weight. So can you talk about, um, just kind of on a high level, what our bodies do as women in terms of our metabolism? Yeah, the metabolism does slow down when you've got falling levels of estrogen, which is another reason for topping up on naturally occurring estrogen. So you're fooling your brain into thinking everything's normal. Once you do that, then you can, you're, you can speed up your metabolism with exercise as well. And once you're in good nutritional shape, your body will serve you well. So it's all of those things. And you can get back to your lovely shape if you've got the fat around the middle. If you're stressed and you've got high cortisol, the stress hormone, then you can get belly fat from that as well. And that is quite hard to shift. But again, on the program, and I talk about it in the book as well, you can bring down a high cortisol level. So you can do that naturally too. And it's uh, and it's just the thing that you need to do to make yourself feel better. But over time, certainly exercise is important because that helps to keep the metabolism ticking over at an optimum rate. But some people haven't been exercising and they're not feeling well enough to do big exercise. And if you've got high levels of cortisol, it's wrong to do big aerobics because that can make you feel worse. So you may need to just start doing some gentle exercise, maybe just dancing to your favorite music and singing out loud to get the endorphins flowing and then build up gradually over time. So it's not prescriptive. You know, you don't have to um, do one particular sort of exercise or whatever to get the benefit. But it is a combination of things. It's not just exercise, but it is possible to get back to looking great again. I love that. Okay, another quick fire question. Does being a vegan make the menopause transition more challenging? It does in some ways and not in others. So in some ways, because vegans are more likely to have nutritional deficiencies, that can be a problem. It's hard to get all the food groups and the, you know, when you're not having all the food groups, it's hard to have the same degree of nutrient intake. So very often vegans have got low levels of vitamin B12, for example, and um, maybe other B vitamins and maybe sometimes iron. So that's one thing. But on the other side of it, they are much more likely to be consuming naturally occurring estrogen because it's plant based. And so they may be filling the receptor sites. And so they could be in better shape than people who haven't been having a plant-based diet. So it's very individual. I have in the book, I have got vegan recipes and menus, vegetarian, as well as the, um, the ordinary ones, because I realized that everyone is looking for something a bit different these days. But um, yeah, doesn't even if you're a vegan, you can go through this and feel really well that you just need to do things in a slightly different way. Awesome. So the final question, and I think this is a great way to kind of sum this up. One of our um, community members said this. she said, I think menopause being an older woman and all the weird changes are super exciting. Women, especially women in their third phase of life are amazing. So her question is what can women do around reclaiming these powerful stages of their lives? I think that for the first thing is knowing, because it's all very well to say that, and it sounds inspirational, but if you're feeling rubbish, do you know you can't go to the party? It's as simple as that. You're not going to feel like putting on your little black dress and even opening the front door. I see so many women who are very talented and wise, but they're curled up in a ball at home and they can't function. So having the midlife refuel gets you going again 
and means that it opens the world of possibilities so that you can actually put your wisdom to good use in or out of the workplace, do exactly what you want to do, bring your gifts to the world and have a great time and be a good role model. And that's so important. So I think that having the midlife refuel is the key to all of that. I love midlife refuel. I love that. And this is Marianne's book, Manage Your Menopause Naturally. And we will make sure that there are links to her website and her social media handles and everything below this video and in the show notes of this episode. And Marianne, is there somewhere specific that we should send people if they want to learn more about working with you or joining your program? Yes. And on my website, there's a, a tab called solutions. So on there, there's uh, the six week program, one-to-one coaching. Um, if anyone wants to email, just it's just marion at marionstuart.com. So I'm very happy to set up a conversation and talk to anybody who wants some extra help. And if anyone in your group wants to go through the six week course or if they want to go through it together, then we could arrange that as well. So it's just it's a lovely thing to do and uh, never too early to start. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for pouring into us today with all of your wisdom. I'm so grateful. I learned so much today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will be sure to link everything to you in the show notes. And I'm just so grateful for your time today. My pleasure. As I said, it's just, it's, it really lights me up being able to help women, even if it's just giving them hope that they can feel better because I think every woman deserves that. So thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Okay, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. We are sending you so much love today and always. Namaste. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.